welcome to another episode of Create Loud. I'm your host, Rachel Robison, and with me is my other host, Cody Crabb. How's it going? Hi. I'm glad to be back. That's It's good. been a couple weeks again, because we, the, you know, the universe is imploding here and there, so I just know. getting episodes in when we can, really. <laughs> and I think that's honestly the best <laughs> that anyone can do right now. <laughs> I so. agree. I'm not mad. It's yeah. I'm fine with if, it. If we're if you're a content creator and you're off your schedule, like forgive yourself. It's okay. <laughs> it, things it's happen. Especially right, right now. Like yeah. it's okay. It's okay. But um I'm especially excited for our interview today because we are talking to Jay Warren and he is a Salt Lake City based recording artist and has released multiple singles, accumulating over ten million streams on Spotify. And placement That's on many, so many of the streams. platforms editorial playlists. Um, I can't contain my excitement enough. It's hard to tell over just audio, but how are you, Jay? <laughs> yeah, I'm excited too. <laughs> hey, everybody! I am wonderful. Um, I was I was like trying to mute my mic from laughing when you were talking about <laughs> the end of the world because you I feel can't. It, right? I can't. Uh, relate anymore <laughs> like it's just everything is coming to a, I'm a glad it's not end. just us and no not at all my wife and I have a podcast and yeah we missed we missed a week because of the mm. same thing it was just like there is so much going on that we have to pay attention to like, it's wild it's wild I out know. here I think um also this is another thing um you, if you if you listen to the show uh you and you heard our episode with angie petty jay is kind of a friend of a friend of the show angie was on this podcast a couple weeks ago uh what was it like that wasn't that, a couple weeks ago that was like yeah, months was like ago one of oh the my first gosh, episodes this, of the this year, universe Cody. is exploding <laughs> <laughs> but that's that was like almost six months ago honestly and I'm though like, it does yeah, feel like a month ago that's just, just how our concept ago. of time is right now i it's totally it really acceptable is. but yeah she we loved having yeah. her on the show, and she talked you up 100%, which made us yeah, even more time. excited oh, well, to talk thank to you. you. Thank you, Angie. <laughs> um, Angie and I, well, Angie and I go back a little ways, but Angie and my wife go back since they were like small children. Really? Oh, wow. Um, yeah, crazy. Yeah, they, they grew up together. They were like neighborhood friends. Um, and then I obviously started dating and then married my wife, and... Um, Angie and I have like done music together. Yeah. It's uh, it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. And you're both so good that it's criminal. Honestly. And I'm just I'm embarrassing so you talented. by saying that to your face. You both freaking are. And I'm I just listened saying to it. that um, you, that you new single are. that she released recently. Um, Feel it all. So oh, good. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. good. Thank and you. speaking of singles, I'm just gonna go ahead and say that yours also take it higher also very good we just my husband and i were on the, in the I've car in we just kind of did a little marathon a little bit like not you know it's <laughs> it's fine but yeah i seriously love it it's been stuck in my head for like since i heard it it's thank you so good thank you so much that um that single marks kind of the beginning of like what i call internally my team has been calling phase Ooh. two of, oh. of the brand and it's like time to where we're stepping up our game we're, we've been working on songwriting for the last few years now and it's we're finally at this point where we feel like all right we've got the really good stuff let's go let's uh put all put all our our eggs in this basket and run it. with it so i, I appreciate of that course. thank you I, I feel like a lot of people hit this point where they're like 
they feel like now I feel like myself almost as an mm. artist, especially like you kind of do the the stuff that's kind of experimenting with finding your style or who you are or what kind of what you do. And then I think, like you said, phase two people fit that hit that kind of phase two in their career or their life or their whatever or their art and they just feel like yes like i am on the right track i feel good about what i'm doing i understand where i'm at i, I that's that's a great i wonder feeling. what that feels like that yeah. sounds enjoyable <laughs> i wonder what that is like um no that's like nail on the head i mean so i went full-time in music uh 2017 and it was really those first three years where, you know what, I'm going to write, I'm going to release music, and I'm not so much going to worry about um, trying to be the next big thing right away because uh, individually I wasn't necessarily ready for that, but also um, musically I wasn't ready for that. Like the songs, in my opinion, were they were really great songs, but they still needed refining, they still needed to be... Uh, what, what's the word like curated so that mm. it was ready for the world um, and I think I like that, that that's that's where we are now is that the music is um, it's yeah it's it's found its beat it's I've I've found my voice so to speak um, not my literal voice I've always been able to say <laughs> but like my <laughs> um, I, I mean I've, I've found what I'm trying to say what I want to uh, put out into the world and yeah, I, I think I think you're right. You kind of hit this point of just being ready, and uh, and realizing, all right, yeah, I'm comfortable. Now let's grow. It's the opposite of imposter syndrome. Hmm. It's like belonger hmm. syndrome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, yeah, I I feel good. You know, but no, this is I find this interesting. This is kind of an interesting uh, little topic here because, um, you know, someone just kind of going to your website or checking out your Spotify or something like that would probably go, Oh, he's got it figured out. Like he knows what he's doing and things like that. But it sounds like it was a journey. Like it wasn't this instant thing of, you know what you're doing and you know, the style and, and stuff like that. And you felt like you, and really you said you improved as well. You had to improve to get to where you are too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, musically, definitely. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, if you listen to the music like chronologically from 2017 till this most recent release, there really isn't, I mean, there, there's some theme in sonically in the sense that I'm the one singing all the time. Um, <laughs> but outside of that, like genre wise, it kind of goes left, it goes right. And um, it kind of weaves and winds its way. And then what really what I've come to is that I no longer have to try and, fit in to a genre i think for the longest time i was trying to be what i thought i should be as opposed to well let me just write the music that comes out and then allow that to be its genre um hmm. and then i mean you know when you're submitting the music to itunes you technically you have to pick a genre um but i i i kind of just got away from well let me let me try to be this or be that um which is what those first three years were. We're trying to figure out, all right, what am I supposed to be? What am I supposed to be? And then now it's, I'm just going to be me. And then the people that gravitate towards that are going to be my fan base. Hopefully there's a <laughs> lot of them. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. And there doesn't, there doesn't, doesn't need to even be a lot of them really. I mean, the way that the world is now, I mean, you don't need like this, like crowd of rabid, like st packing stadium, 
like uh, amount of people, you know, you can really make a career off of just a, a few people scattered throughout the world. I mean, like a thousand people could make a career if they're like big enough fans, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what's the, what's the math there? Like with a thousand people, if they spend a hundred dollars a year on you, that's six figures. Yeah. Wait, really? Oh, I guess that's true. Oh my gosh. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you can get a thousand people to spend a hundred dollars a year on your music, um, or your merch or your ticket sales, whatever it is, I mean, you want to diversify those revenue streams, but, um, yeah, that's, that's a six figure income for me personally. I, I almost have this like disease to where my ambitions are just way too high. (laughs) So I can't stop there. Like I have to, I my, one of my goals is to sell out a stadium on every continent, um, excluding Man. Antarctica, because I don't think there are any there. But if you were, if you really had unattainable goals, you would say we're building yeah. Antarctica's <laughs> first stadium and we're selling it out. I'm gonna go into real estate, commercial real estate, but build my own, yeah, arena on Antarctica. With just, so, just penguins, twenty thousand. Exactly, penguins. me and the penguins. Honestly, just they would love it out. though. I'm sure. That's funny. I yeah, I mean, I, but you, you're right though. You're absolutely right. You don't need, you know, this huge wave of, um, you know, worldwide fans or customers or audience, whatever it is. Um, yeah. If you can get a thousand people to spend a hundred dollars a year on you, that's a six figure income. Dang. I find it interesting that you had a, you had a hard time distinguishing fans, customers, like they're all the same thing, but it is interesting that they kind of all when you're an artist, they kind of all fall within, I mean, when's, I mean, people are fans of brands, you know, but not to the degree that they are of like artists. So I find that kind of interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, so a fan in my mind is someone who will repeat their business with you. And mm. it, well, I guess there's a few criteria in, in my mind. One, they'll repeat their business with you, but they'll also share your art or your that brand with other people. And like, that's a fan. Like if you can move someone to the point where they're going to use their resources for your benefit, they are, they're a fan. Like they're your, your chief demographic. Um, If like a customer in my mind is just a single transaction. If Mm. someone has transacted with my business at least once they're a customer that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to come back doesn't mean that they're going to share doesn't mean that they even are satisfied with whatever it is that they bought um so uh, yeah i mean i make that distinction because i think there's there, there's a lot of value in recognizing that those are two different people hmm. um and then audience is just i mean i guess in like web marketing terms you would call it impressions mm-hmm. just like people that have oh, heard true. things right like they don't necessarily like it they don't necessarily dislike it they've just you know they've seen it or they've heard it before and they are part of the it's really interesting i like that i would never thought of it that way before of, as far as mm-hmm. different i guess the different categories of people that consume your your craft your art yeah yeah i mean i so i come from um a marketing background that's what i studied in school and um i it's a it's a blessing and a curse (laughs) because i do think that um 
knowing how to market your music is one of the things that so many artists miss out on. Like I there's know, I so do. many talented individuals and groups in the world and um but if you're the most amazing guitar player in the world and you have no idea how to market that, then you're like the August Rush kid, you know? Like <laughs> <just> <laughs> waiting until someone oh, discovers no. you. Um yeah. but I mean, so yeah, it's it's a blessing in that I've fortunately have kind of figured out that all right well i've got to be able to monetize this um sometimes it's a curse though because i i will get so um what's the word i'll get so much like tunnel vision mm. in like the science behind selling yeah. music that like i'll have to reset and i forget sometimes they're like all right this is an art and let me let, let's let's focus on the art here let's focus on the passion the emotion um yeah some, sometimes i just get too caught up in the science I, it, if you do know the science, it's got to be hard to not do anything about, you know, it's, it's almost like it's a curse, like, because you have, you know what to do a little better than someone that doesn't. And so yeah. not following that feels like you're just betraying your own <laughs> knowledge almost. Absolutely. I think, um, if you, well, for me personally, like as I'm writing the music, sometimes I'll get ahead of myself and like, I'll write a lyric and I'll be like, Ooh, that would make for a really great brand campaign. And then like I just start thinking and brainstorming of the marketing campaign for the song that I haven't even finished writing yet. Um, and so that's where sometimes it becomes a curse, but I'm, I'm definitely glad for it because it's, um, you know, it's, it's definitely benefited me so far. Yeah, it's almost, uh, it's almost like it's a completely separate skill set that you need, like you said, or else you're gonna, you're gonna be so talented and it's just never gonna, be a, a monetizable career kind of move or so I think if you're wanting to if you're wanting to kind of boost an art career or some kind of creative passion or something without any knowledge of marketing I think you're really going to be stuck because what do you like how do you get your art to people that want to see it you know it's, it's oh, yeah. impossible yeah absolutely absolutely I mean most most artists have I mean I, I have a manager she's in LA her name's Haley she's amazing um I but most most artists depend on their manager or their business manager for that because again majority of artists are just like 100% creative um, and don't necessarily either want to or care to focus on the business and science part um, but I've, I just find that the more I know about my industry the more I know about my sphere and um, I mean I go as far as like I nerd out over the contracts that we look over and <laughs> that I've signed and whatnot. And, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. The, the more that you know about your industry, the better off you'll be because you'll just be making more informed decisions. I love that. So that's, with, that's great, so yeah. with that, with the people like me that have no clue how to even go about marketing in an effective way, um, I guess what's, what's some advice that you would, share i mean you've already said some awesome things about it and i mean like the importance of it and and everything but what yeah what would you say to people that desperately need yeah. help? <laughs> for sure no, no no that that's a great um great question so the very first thing that i always 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 tell um uh, especially musicians but really anyone who's going into entrepreneurship at all is just start like if you're if you're at the very beginning literally just start if it's 
open mic nights, if it is, you know, playing at your friend's house party, if it's doing, I mean, right now, Corona season, it's like Instagram live stuff. Yeah, true. Um, just, just start, start making something, start making content or events or something that people can engage with because that's where it all begins. I mean, you will just find that as you start creating things that other opportunities start coming towards you because other people view you as um, the thing you're trying to be, right? Like so oftentimes we as beginners don't necessarily feel like um, we are, or we we provide much value, Mm -hmm. but if if you put yourself in the shoes of the people viewing you, the moment that you post a video of you playing or singing or, you know, especially if it's something live, other people now view you as, oh, yeah, he's a musician. She's a, she's an artist. She's a songwriter, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And so th- those opportunities just start coming and gravitating towards you because you've simply started. So number one, I think, is just, That's great. just start. Um, and then I, I, I guess after that, it would be... Oh gosh, what would I say? What, what? <laughs> my my brain moves like way too fast for my mouth sometimes, and so as I was saying, just start. I had the idea of like, okay, well, with Instagram Lives right now, son. And now that I thought about this, I'm I'm absolutely gonna do this. And anyone who listens to this, please feel free to do it and let yes. me know how it goes. But I would reach out to different like brands or companies or organizations or or other like people even that have a similar um audience to you or an audience that you want to be in front of and just dm them and ask if you can do an instagram live show from their account because that is a brilliant way to get free advertising in front of an audience that you would otherwise have to pay to put ads in front of that's That's really interesting that's a, that's a super yeah you're right that is like a super easy way to be like hey everyone that you don't know me but you yeah. should here's my stuff yeah absolutely just send them a dm and like hey um i was thinking about doing an instagram live show for your audience um because right now everyone needs content and if it's free for them especially brands because they're always worried about marketing budgets and blah yeah. blah blah but if you're offering hey i'm gonna do a free event for your page i feel like that's an easy yes yeah, no kidding. Absolutely. Wow. We could end it right here. That is... <laughs> it's golden. <laughs> golden. <laughs> yeah, I got to go start a chef's kiss because right I'm doing, that's what I'm doing right now. Is that's, the, the no, that's so smart. And kiss. surprisingly, like a lot of accounts are really willing to like answer you. That's, I mean, I, I randomly oh, yeah. DM, I don't know, or like mentioned someone on Twitter and then they'll like actually respond. And it's mind blowing to me how, yeah. just how... I don't know how willing people are to to help you and and talk to you about stuff. Oh, well, yeah, and I mean, absolutely. we're in this weird age now where it everybody's so accessible all the time. It's it's just weird mm-hmm. like how easy it is to get a hold of anybody. Like Jay, you probably don't know this, but we interviewed William Hung, like the American Idol William Hung on <laughs> That's the show. Wild. That's wild. So but, wild. And everyone's like, "Oh my gosh, how did you get him on the show?" And I'm like, That's "I freaking emailed did. him." Like he I just googled his name and went to his website and he had an email there. You know what I mean? Like that's hilarious uh, right? that's amazing yeah. it is hilarious like i was just like i feel no one would have i think definitely of doing didn't that. he just like, did he it just, <laughs> but i just tried yeah. and it worked oh gosh i love that i love that yeah i mean 
accessibility is so uh well i started that sentence wrong <laughs> but what i'm trying to say is that it's so easy to access people um like for example mm-hmm. i I think so many times people will DM me and be like, hey, I know this is probably going to get lost in your DMs or in your comments <laughs> or blah, blah, blah. I can tell you that with 14, let's look at it, 14.6 thousand followers on Instagram, I do not lose DMs. Wow. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not getting enough DMs to where it just gets lost in the abyss of um, my you know whatever message yeah i mean if you're in the millions and millions and millions then maybe but like exactly. if you're just like like right. a few tens of thousands or even like a few hundreds of thousands i bet it wouldn't i don't i don't think so i mean like there are some people that just don't ever check that little message requests yeah. thingy and then that's a whole different issue but um yeah if you're messaging someone that checks their message requests they're not getting lost like you there's a yeah. there's a good chance they are at least going to see it whether or not they decide yeah. to reply obviously that's up to them but yeah shoot your shot yeah and i i just have yeah. to say on a side note like the fact that you're one of those artists that does regularly check their like message requests and thing, things like that um i think that just says a lot because you're you know like it, it definitely shows that you care about your followers and your you know your fans your audience mm-hmm. you, you care about all of that and that definitely um at least to me since you messaged me back like that means so much at least as someone that that consumes your art like makes them want to do it even more you know thank you thank you, thank you. yeah there, there are lots of people that are that kind of want that look at you and that go i want to do that and someone that is like encouraging to that kind of next generation um that's coming up of artists that's the that's like the best thing that you can do so i i I really admire that as well too like i think anybody that takes the time to kind of engage and and things like that with with their fans i think that is such a big deal yeah it makes a big difference i um i learned that in part from gary v um he obviously like he shares so much content um and just giving away all sorts of nuggets of knowledge and whatnot and one of the things that he said at at some point um was that he gives away all of his knowledge because well he listed two reasons and then i think i personally i added a third but his reasons were one is that it establishes you as the expert and as the authority in mm. your field. And so if you're constantly giving away knowledge and information, people are just kind of forced to view you as, oh yeah, he's someone that knows what he's talking about. Um, so your your social, what's that, uh, social clout, I guess, mm-hmm. is increased if you're constantly sharing. Um, but then also someone asked him like, well, aren't you worried about giving away too much because now you're creating more competition for yourself? And I thought what his his answer was really interesting. He was like, 90% of the people that hear this stuff aren't going to do it. Hmm. They're going to hear yeah. it and they're going to recognize it as good advice, but they're not actually going to go and do it. And so, and those 10 pers- those 10% of people that will do it, if they didn't hear it from me, they would have heard it from someone else and they would have done it anyway. So they were always going to be my competition. But if they heard and it I from me, that. at least they now view me as the expert. Dang. And I think there's a lot of there's a lot of pressure to like people kind of think, oh, I can't be the the expert. 
but everybody's got that topic that they can talk on for a whole podcast's worth. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, absolutely. And so really, I think expert is a big word, but I think really just, um, you know, you know more than you think you do. And I think kind of showing, sharing that knowledge, like you said, that is, that's only going to benefit you. And I mean, in a selfish way too, uh, I can't tell you how many times I've seen people that were kind of, um, maybe like getting their start that have like more than lapped me uh, with what they were doing because Mm -hmm. they just grew faster or whatever. And it's been, you know, my mentorship ended up being like reversed pretty quick because they, they, uh, they ended up kind of growing faster than I did, which is okay. But it's just, it's funny because, you know, if I hadn't provided that initial mentorship, who knows, who knows what would have happened. So true. And it can be a selfish thing too. Now you've got, now you've got a favor in the bag. (laughs) Hey, that's man. true yeah remember that time that i helped you out with that thing <laughs> true <laughs> yeah that's so true i mean that's just a bonus i mean i wouldn't hold it over anybody but if if you're right though that's such a good point that i mean it's not that you would have to say you owe me a favor but right, just people right, will feel right. that you know just kidding <laughs> hey man you better you better buy my album honestly you should hey speaking of albums jay you're a little busy with a goal tell us about that and while you're at it, um, I would like to I would like to pepper in a, an additional question too. Tell us about how the coronavirus and quarantine and everything has, uh, and really just kind of the climate in general, the world climate um, has has affected that. Oh yeah, sure. Um, okay, so right now I have this lofty goal of being the first Utah artist to go number one on the iTunes R&B album chart. So awesome. Um, no one no one from Utah's done it and so I was like well I don't have enough <laughs> goals just kidding um <laughs> let's pick that one um so yeah I have I have that goal and by my team's research um we need about 4,000 pre-orders to do that so the album is currently available for pre-order um if you go to the iTunes store search Jay Warren give love or there's a link in my Instagram bio it's like the little first one in the link tree (laughs) anyway um i would greatly appreciate it because then my kids can go to college um (laughs) we'll post that we'll post a link to that too because we want to take you higher to the top of the charts oh i see what you've done there that was amazing (laughs) (laughs) i've been waiting the whole time to say that so (laughs) the whole time oh my god yeah no it's (laughs) see rachel rachel's good because she she prepares her jokes in advance sometimes and she just waits until the perfect (laughs) moment like that that oh thank you wow that's i'm overwhelmed that's really great thank you during corona season i well okay so the plan was always to release this album um i wasn't sure when we were going to release it because i've been sitting on a, a debut album waiting until like i felt like the fan base was large enough for the album to receive to be received in a way that would be meaningful um meaningful emotionally and meaningful numerically um so we my team kind of decided like all right this is the year we feel good about it um and then coronavirus happened and everything shut down the obvious curse there the obvious con was that like all of the live events that we had planned uh got canceled so like actually the day that the 
excuse me, the day that the NBA shut down, I had an event in Provo, Utah planned. No. And I was just on the phone with like my team and we were like, okay, should we still do it? Like, should we not do it? Blah, 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 blah. We decided not to. Um, I mean, hindsight being 2020, very <laughs> glad that we didn't. Yeah, but no our, Yeah, right. But in the moment we were like, okay, is this really that big of a deal? It's like, well, if the NBA canceled, like maybe we should. Anyway, we didn't, we didn't have the event and obviously haven't had any events, had any events since then. But um, the the pro to that is that I've had a ton of time to really just hone in and focus on this album, making it the best that it can be um, and paying attention to the details that oftentimes I don't have time to, to focus on. So, yeah, I've been really glad, really glad for that. Um, yeah, I mean, financially, we were stressed for a little bit there. But um, kind of in, in the 11th hour, this distribution deal that my team and I have been negotiating with um, with the distributor, we, we finally, after a year of going back and forth, negotiating and whatnot, um, we signed that in April. And so that, um, yeah, that came through at a great time. So, yeah, financially, we've been really fortunate. But, um, yeah, I mean... 2020 has been crazy for me though i've i've been glad for it we had another son right before quarantine Aww. happened and yeah right oh what a cute guy he is. um <laughs> also good timing man yeah, yeah for real for real right um yeah so i mean yeah we had our second son right before the world shut down and i mean he doesn't care but um <laughs> Well, to yeah. be totally honest, this is that's like literally the best time because you're not going anywhere anyway. I have a two year old. I get it. Yeah, exactly. Like you're just you're not you're not going anywhere with a newborn. So exactly, we were we were um, kind of already in that headspace. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, hey, you mentioned 2020. <laughs> Speaking of uh, 2020, Speaking best of 2020. Um, oh gosh. Yeah, um, yeah. So obviously this is just a weird time to be alive. There's the coronavirus. There's all kinds of. I mean, in Utah we had an earthquake a couple months ago. That's right. I right. About I know. That. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Guess how? Okay. Guess how long ago that was. Uh. How long ago was that? Gosh. Okay. Well, now that I'm thinking about it, I mean, maybe it was like four months ago. Yes, it was. Was it four, four months ago? Does that not feel like four months at all? Because it really no, doesn't no, to me. It doesn't. Not at all. <laughs> maybe it's the trauma but either way it's just been like it's been a weird few months things are kind of going up and down and it's just weird and then on top of all of this virus stuff um we have black lives matter and all these things kind of boiling to the surface and mm -hmm. um because of the murder of george floyd and all these things there it's it, it's always been there this tension has kind of always been there obviously right. but f this kind of just triggered it kind of reminded me of the Me Too movement where it was just like all of this right. kind of tension was just kind of there. And then one event was just enough to just trigger a kind of reckoning of all this wrongdoing and stuff. And I know that you're involved quite heavily, actually, with kind of yeah. the Utah chapter of Black Lives Matter. Um, I mean, we, we'd love to hear more about that and kind of how you've used your position as an artist and your art as well to kind of further that cause. Sure. And on top of that, tell us a little bit more about your series called Questions, because you've, um, you know, you've you've been doing stuff with that as well, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I, I, um, I almost feel, I feel like I have this opportunity and almost an obligation to use my platform for educating and inspiring people. And right now, the thing that is most prevalent and um, most, most needed, I think, is like racial tension in America. Um, like, like you said, this isn't something new. It's not like, you know, racial injustice just started happening. Um, it's, it's always been there. And for me, I kind of view this moment as the, the country waking up to black issues, perhaps for this generation's first time. Um, I think previous generations have had, like if we, if we were to go back in time, like perhaps our grandparents would have been alive during the civil rights movement. This will blow your mind. My mom grew up in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. She's older than Ruby Bridges. She's five years older than Ruby Bridges, who is wow. the first the first woman or the first child to be integrated wow. into an all-white school. Yeah. I know. <laughs> when I heard that, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is not a long it's time really ago. And, and so what has been really interesting for me um, – so I'm black and my wife is white. And what has been very interesting for me is realizing that for a lot of white Americans, the civil rights movement feels like ages ago, like it was so, so long ago. Um, whereas in my home growing up, like our conversations about race weren't that it was like this kind of historical event. It was that, no, like this is right now. Um, what we're going wow. through and so for me a, a big learning point or a big realization has been that my conversations about race growing up are not the same as my wife's conversations about race growing up and that oh, doesn't sure. make her like a racist or a bad person it just me it it makes her less educated on this topic right of and, course, that, that, yeah. and that isn't an insult obviously this is my wife and i love her very much and we've talked about this privately and publicly but um i think a lot of the country is realizing that like oh, you know what, like, perhaps I don't have all of the facts here or, like, I, I haven't really been educated on this topic because if you grew up in America and went to public school K through 12 um, and likely even through college unless you took, like, a black studies course or African studies course, I am estimate that most Americans know of, I think, at a max, like, five historic... Um, black figures like our our curriculum teaches harriet tubman martin luther king malcolm x we don't really like teach about malcolm x but you hear about Mm -hmm. malcolm x um (laughs) yeah i think like if you studied if you took humanities class in high school you may have gone over the harlem renaissance and heard about langston hughes uh even if you're lucky i mean right right or or like hey my angelou you know um and then you i I, oh i've been giving people george washington carver because he made peanut butter and so (laughs) no you're this is it's hilarious that you you have nailed my exact experience like to (laughs) the letter like those exact people that's so true absolutely and and again like if you are if you're an american and you grew up here that's what you know about black history um and it's always it's always taught as history. Sorry to interject here, but I also want to say too, it is kind of as white people, we're allowed to kind of 
not allowed. I mean, we shouldn't, but we've always been sure. able to be ignorant. Like it's been, it's been, um, you know, we, we've been able to just ignore conversations on race because, you right. know, we, we have all this benefit and privilege from, from being white. And so we get the luxury. That's what I was trying to say. We get the luxury of just not really thinking about it if we don't want to. And right, it's right. this th- conscious thing that we have to do. And now especially is this thing that a lot of people are uncomfortable because it's something that you have to acknowledge that racism is not black people's problem. It's white people's problem. And so we're having to fix it ourselves, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been relating it to people as here, here in America, typically you know, majority of the country doesn't have to worry about um, like malaria, like it's yeah. not really a problem here. We don't think about it out of sight, out of mind. Um, we've got decent enough medical um, provisions or medical professionals around to not worry about malaria. That doesn't mean that malaria doesn't exist and doesn't affect a large number of people in the world. And to some people, that's a huge concern of theirs. Um, and here in America, black people, minorities, like yeah we think about racism on almost mm-hmm. the daily and but to the majority of the country right which is white america um that isn't a concern for them and so it, it really is this like re-education or relearning process of that's a great way to well put what it, yeah. are black issues in america um that i didn't learn about because i only know about martin luther king and rosa parks totally yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true that's so true I mean, I lived like my mom lived through the civil rights. She literally lived in Washington D.C. during the march That's on Washington. That's so crazy, and yeah. so it is crazy. But like at the same time, I I think even with that kind of family, like that she was like all about, you know, anytime uh, anytime uh, race issues would come up, she would always get like so upset. I mean, she's white, but she's like the most she's the biggest ally I've ever seen for for issues like that. But um, even in that kind of situation. I still was kind of missing so much and I've learned a lot even just this last month. I didn't know what Juneteenth was until I this know. month. Yeah, I've sure. learned so um, much too. And so, yeah. And so I guess one question I would have for you is, I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of our listeners are in the United States, most of them. And a lot of our listeners are in Utah, um, where, as I'm very sure you're aware, <laughs> is real white. Um, but I guess my question would be, you know, if people are listening to this and they feel like they want to do something and they, or they, they either want to improve themselves or help improve the conversation or something, they want to do something to help. What should they do? I mean, not everyone can go to protests and not everybody can do a lot of these things, but what, what would your, what would your advice be to white allies that really want to do something? Sure. I mean, I think that it starts with, um, education. Hmm. And I think a great one of, um, let's see, two of my favorites are uh, on Netflix. There's a documentary called 13th and it's by Ava DuVernay. And it, it's a documentary about the 13th amendment, which ended slavery. However, there is a loophole, um, in which to this day, slavery is legal in the United States. So long as you are incarcerated. So if you're in prison, you can work for free uh, without any payment or anything like that. So, oh. and then that's that's written in the Thirteenth Amendment. Um, and so her 
documentary goes into great detail about what happened directly following the Emancipation Proclamation um, being signed and that being the beginning of mass incarceration. Um, Because, I mean, the slaves being freed was the economic downfall of the South. And so without slave labor, which was... um, And now I can't remember the percentage, but what I do remember is that it was... um, it was more revenue than the rest of the country combined. Wow. Um, Holy is what slave labor provided, right, for, for American revenue. And once that was gone, but that loophole was still there of, well, if you're in jail, then you can work for free. That's what started mass incarceration in the South of like, all right, well, let's just arrest a whole bunch of people, put them in jail, and now we can still have people working the plantations and whatnot. Um, wow. And then she just goes into great detail on how on, on the effects of, of that till today. So I think that's a great place to start, 13th. Um, there's also another one called... Hold up, before uh, you move on from 13th, oh, sure. it is yeah, also yeah. free on YouTube now. They made it free. Netflix uploaded it to YouTube. So oh, you have really? no excuse now oh, I didn't know if that. you haven't seen it. I, and it's even funnier that I say that because I haven't <laughs> seen it yet. But I'm going to now because you recommended it. Yeah, it's it. so good. It's, it's, um, it's such a good one. It really is an eye-opener to a lot of people who... Um, you know, don't necessarily have to worry about that that uh, type right. of struggle. Um, so yeah, Thirteenth is a great one. Um, more recently, um, When They See Us is a docu series on Netflix. It's um, it's based on the events of the Central Park Five, and those were uh, five young men who were in Central Park and then were um, arrested and charged and then incarcerated for the assault of this woman uh they were all in their teens and uh later were uh what is the word like charges were dropped and you know the city apologized lawsuits at blah 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 blah. um but it gives you an insight into really like what black people how how black people view law enforcement and the criminal justice system in that growing up i was always told from my parents that like you have to be super careful and um uh, avoid any situation where it even looks like you're doing something wrong because based on the color of your skin it's not going to go your way if it goes to court Um, and so that's that's a really i mean it's it's hard to get through because it's um it's just it's really raw and yeah, it's it's a tough one, but it um, I think it provides a really good insight. So yeah, I would start there. Wow. Start start with educa- education, and then, I mean, your your heart and your mind will guide you on what to do next because you'll yeah. I, I mean, I think it's impossible to not be moved after watching one of those. For sure. Yeah, no kidding. Just from I your know. description. <laughs> yeah, and they um. So, my husband and I watched uh, Just Mercy because they Warner Brothers made that free to view on whatever platform I mean that definitely opened up my eyes because I through this whole um process of you know trying to do it what I can as one person to try and make a change and and things like that I just it just blows my mind you know that it's still a thing you know with that that happened years ago all these a lot of these stories happened years ago it's 2020 and this is still something that 
people are facing and that you know it yeah it doesn't yeah. make sense to me why everyone isn't outraged by it you know like th- the whole pushback between everything. <laughs> I, I am there with you. It does not make sense <laughs> to me. Yeah. I, I do find it fascinating that the opposite of racism is like education. <laughs> it's not, it's not like tolerance. It's just understanding, you know? And, and it's, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people want to go, they, they, anyone that really is anyone that's truly, racist or even just prejudiced honestly or even just with prejudices they don't they they have kind of subconsciously mm-hmm. it's because of lack of exposure lack of education mm-hmm. um right and i and i think that, that you, what you've said i think is amazing it's not even if you've noticed uh you've only said things about like get yourself in a good place first <laughs> so that you yeah. can kind of participate in conversation and things like that in a in a good way to help others that's that's amazing yeah yeah, we're going to we're going to post the link to 13th um, on YouTube, because, again, everyone's got YouTube. You can watch you can watch right, a show yeah. on YouTube. But man, I really yeah, now it's, I'm, I've, it's, it's been on one. my list ever like for for a bit now. But now I'm it's like shot to the top after that. I really want to hear what that has to say. Definitely. Yeah, it's um, it's it's an eye opener for sure. Um, yeah, I mean. The, the I think the only other thing I would add to like what can people do as, as individuals is like so let, let's say you watch one or two of these documentaries and um, start looking in the mirror at how what your interactions are when it comes to race and um, minorities and whatnot and I think the the biggest thing that people can do is is um, think think about the things that they say um the the one example that like pops out to me and always has is so i I grew up in the suburbs um my dad was in the military so we were kind of like middle class upper middle class family um and the one that always like bothered me and i couldn't figure out why until i was older was like when people would say like you're like the whitest black guy that i know or like you're not even black um wow and i think in like middle school high school like i didn't really understand why that bothered me but now being older and kind of being able to like dissect that more it's like that there's they're saying that because in their mind being black means perhaps not being able to speak well or um the the, wow like gang members that they've seen in movies and like that's what they associate being black with and so like when they meet me and i'm just a normal kid that's grown up in their neighborhood and acts and talks just like they do then it's like well he's not black because he doesn't do the things that i've seen on television um so yeah i mean perhaps just like taking taking a moment to think about the things either that you have said or that you currently do say um and dissecting them like picking apart what what those things mean when I think hearing hearing people like you say things like that kind of makes me go, I don't know if I've said that, but like, have sure. I said something equally as insensitive without even yeah. thinking about the implications of what right, that means or something? Right. And, you know, and, and of course, I'm sure that person that said that wasn't like trying to be hurtful to you. But I mean, right. I, when you really think about it, like, you're absolutely right. That just has all these implications along with it that that they didn't even intend. And so I think having those, those kind of difficult in the mirror conversations 
it's been something I've been doing <laughs> and it's been, you know, we're probably guilty of it right now. Cause it's like, Oh, Hey, do you want to come talk about race with us? You know what I mean? But like, well, um, I mean, fortunately right now, that's like, that's the, the, uh, what, what, I don't want to say that's the right thing to be doing, but for lack of <laughs> terms, like it is right. It's like, yeah. well, let's yeah. talk to people who have gone through it or, and, and let's learn about their experiences. I mean, all, all the time though, not uh-huh. just right now, of course. Um, I had an experience <laughs> yeah. a couple of years ago that, um, just kind of reiterates like how important it is to just kind of check yourself, especially, um, you know, when you are just learning what white privilege is and, you know, all that stuff. I was, um, at school just chilling in the, um, the parking lot and there was this guy just walking around all the cars and I've never shared this story before, so we'll see how this goes. But, um, so this guy was just walking around the parking lot and I was like super uncomfortable with that because I'm in my car by myself. Like the, the campus that I went to is like right off of state street in Salt Lake. So, you know, you get visitors all the time. So, um, you know, so I, I called security sure. on this person because he was like looking inside people's cars and I was like, this defines something as a see something, say something situation to me. And then, you know, um, as a guy got closer Mm -hmm. to my car, um, I mean, he was black. And so by calling security, like, I kind of just checked myself for a second. Like, why am I calling security on this person? Is it because what, like, what he's doing? Was it because of the color of his skin? Mm -hmm. Things like that. Like, and I never, like, I I consider myself, like, a loving person to everybody and things like that. But I, I literally had a moment there where I was like, right. Why, what am I really calling security for and turns out this guy he was the like the guy that was that checks the parking tickets or the your parking pass and he was just wearing a hood i thought you were gonna say he no. was security <laughs> well kind like, of he's gonna answer the phone no when he's you call. like the guy like, oh, that no. makes sure that you're parking where you're supposed to whatever they call that right he works there yeah. yeah he works there and i was like that really just made me think like if if it was any other situation or any other you know, right. would I have still called security if it was, you know, someone of a different sure. race? Like if, something if he like was that. white, yeah. Yeah, especially now with everything that's been happening. I just, I remember that story and just thought like how, just how easy it is to just do things like that on the fly. Because I, I don't consider myself racist, but I didn't really know what that meant at the time, especially. And I'm just educating myself more and would yeah. definitely want to make sure that I don't have some sort of you know, prejudice or anything towards somebody. Right. I mean, I feel like that is the perfect example of what miseducation in America yeah. does to Americans. Mm-hmm. Right. Like in, in American culture, um, it, black people are often portrayed as either the criminal or the, they're in a gang or da 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 da, like in movies and in entertainment and whatnot. Um, and so American culture and society has to do a better job of highlighting black stories that are more authentic to the majority of us. Mm-hmm. Um, because yes, obviously there are people in gangs who are black and people yeah. who are white and Asian and, and, yeah, Hispanic and blah, 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 blah. Um, but we don't often hear the stories of, okay, well, like, tell us about the black bill gates or the black mark cuban or yeah. the black elon musk or exactly. the black 
Jeff Bezos or like, you know what I mean? We don't hear those stories enough so that as soon as we see something that resembles, oh, I think I'd like that. That looks like what I'm familiar with. He must be doing something wrong. Um, then, you know, we get an issues of like, yeah, people calling cops and, you know, the situation gets worse from there. Fortunately, this is a situation where like you're able to look back on it and have the humility to realize like, oh, perhaps I could have thought about this a little bit differently. And, you know, from totally, now on, yeah. perhaps you will. Right. And, and that's that's just part of the learning process. But that's uh, that's that's a that's a great experience to remember and then learn from. I, I mean, everyone's so. everyone's got experiences like that, whether they really have internalized it like that or not. I think if you're white, especially um, you've kind of gone I mean, even it like Rachel's much more aware of it. But I feel like people have kind of maybe can look back on on things they've said or things they've, they've thought in, in the white community the white community i don't know if i've ever said that before the white, <laughs> the white community. yeah i mean uh, white I people where you yeah. at yeah. No, but uh <laughs> but like someone said uh, one thing that i saw that was like kind of eye-opening to me was um this black author tweeted you know we don't just write about like slavery and like things in the civil rights era like we also we like sci-fi and we you know fantasy and things like that so like one of the things was yeah. not only should we like listen to like black stories and read black authors and watch black media but also like it doesn't just have to be this dreary like it's all about struggle and you know it can be like just it can be like black harry potter you know what i mean like it doesn't have to be about about being black absolutely so i think yeah that's that's just made me think of that but honestly this is that is so true that's all this is really giving me a lot to think about that's good that means the podcast is Yay. doing its job. Honestly, that's <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And I hope any everyone listening too. I hope that's that's true that's like for you the main well. that's the main goal for Create Loud, especially now that we've kind of, um, I mean, we've always been focusing on like artists and creatives, just because that's what Cody and I do. That's who we've talked to the most. But we really want this to be able to apply to anybody that is, you know, an entrepreneur or has a passion of some sort. And I think it's super important to not only like focus on your passion but also make your world a better place you know because I I say all the time that we're the follow your dreams podcast and it's kind of hard to follow your dreams in a world that feels like it's falling apart you know so I think to be Mm. able to Mm. Mm -hmm. that's like baseline yeah, yeah so to be able to like make a difference and and make positive change that you know is needed um you know like i don't you just that's just super important to me i wanted to make sure that that that's something at least one thing that our listeners get out of from from this conversation is it's just it's important yeah and i i've definitely appreciated like everything that that you've shared on your social media about like regarding race in america being black in utah everything like that and i um (laughs) since you're on our show like we're going to brag about you so i am not done doing that but <laughs> honestly though it's it's been really informational is that a word wait a second informational informative, informative? that's what i meant to say yeah infor- I mean, <laughs> yeah oh i just right. made up i'll start that sentence over <laughs> it's been super informative for me as someone that's continuing to learn and you know wanting to listen to other stories and things like that um, and I highly, highly recommend that everybody 
does that. So where can we find your stuff? Where can we follow you? Yeah. Um, on the internet. <laughs> that's where I live. We all do. It's, um, it's no, quarantine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're so right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So all of my social media and website, it's the exact same. It's Jay Warren with no vowels. So J-Y-W-R-R-N. Uh, the vowels oh, were too. Oh, interesting. When, okay. <laughs> when you sent when you sent that to us, I was like, oh, that's cool. But that's <laughs> so I typed it in smart, like oh, that's, that's, you that's, don't that's have to like you can just do that right across everything, yeah. right? Absolutely, it is never except. Oh no! Someone <laughs> beat me to TikTok, oh, but what? they're like catfishing people with my account. Oh, like and as you them. put up a picture of me? Yeah, but like they. <laughs> Yeah, they put up my picture and <gasps> took that handle before no. I got a TikTok account. And so that's the only one that's different. Well, but okay, that's guys, irrelevant. we have a mission. Take it down. Yeah, go and uh, report <laughs> that's that. That's amazing. Make account on Sheesh. TikTok. Um, yeah, absolutely. All, all of my social media is there. And I mean, content-wise, obviously, I share a lot about my music. Um, I share a lot about... Um, race in america talk a little bit about politics mostly on facebook because it's more fun there yeah that's the if you want it to be spicy that's Um, where you do it oh gosh facebook what a place a a, a place for a place for friends right (laughs) define friends gosh so good yeah seriously um yeah and um as rachel mentioned i started this uh series on youtube called questions where i sit down with other musicians and artists and just talk about life music random things um yeah it's just more of like a, a long-form discussion Love type it. thing uh, my wife and i have a podcast called the internet's mom and dad oh where we talk about well most recently obviously we've been talking about race but mm-hmm. it's like a just a pop culture kind of podcast i love that really whatever we want to talk about you but, do um, so much stuff yeah I, <laughs> I need to get more sleep yeah that's what that's it what is yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll we'll share links yeah. to all of that stuff on our social media as well. Um, and yeah, Appreciate of course. That. Oh, and go buy the pre-order. Yes, pre-order the we're gonna do that. We're gonna do it too. Pre-order. Oh, thank of course, you guys. yeah. Thank you. Well, hey, we want to take you oh. there. Wink, wink. Wait, what was that? I was quoting the song again. Oh. <laughs> oh, you want to take it there? Oh, you take it higher. Yeah, we want to take the song <laughs> to the charts. It was better the first time, anyway. Yeah, we'll get we'll get you. Uh, I loved it. I loved it both. If, if you're looking to get like a million subscribers, we'll get you uh, uh, closer. Appreciate. That. Oh. oh, closer. Oh. <laughs> I see what you. D- wow. You just. This guy. You just whipped that one out, didn't you? I sure did. Wow. <laughs> I'm gonna start writing all of my uh, song They're titles to just fit into puns. Yeah. Jay, thanks for Marketing. joining us today. This has been freaking awesome. Honestly, thank you, it thank it you guys for having me. Thank you. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. Go create your life. And live it loud.